Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. The best jersey of all time. What is it? Uh, it's up for discussion. And it may have been challenged recently with uh, with some new goings-on for this holiday season in the uh, NHL swag department. We'll get to that. Uh, first, though, we want to say Wendy in Surrey. Hello, Wendy. Hi, how are you tonight? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I was very fortunate. My sons took me to see a game with Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux was my favorite hockey player. Mm-hmm. And I had a Mario Lemieux jersey, and I had a picture, a poster of him on my bedroom wall. And it was very, very important jersey to me because he fought Hodgkin's disease and everything, and I've also fought that. But mm. you know who the two special jerseys were that I had? What's that? My sons, and uh-huh. they played in the WLA and the NLL. Wow, hey, that's fun. I and um, I have their I have their jerseys. You um, the NLL like that? Did, does that as a? Did you just say N as in November? LL. Yeah, the National so did, Lacrosse League. So that must be really difficult as a parent to be a lacrosse mom. Oh, it is. I bet. We, wow. my that's, son, that's like one sports of my with sons, a weapon. Yeah, one of my sons was a goalie, and we had a code that if anything happened and he went down, he had to flip something or move something, so we knew that he was conscious. Oh, wow, hey. But you know what? They grow with the game, but it does yeah. take a real big toll on your body, like as far as it goes, like with knees and, yeah. you know, all kinds of things. But anyhow, I just wanted to say keep up the good work on the night shift. Oh, thanks so much, Wendy. I appreciate the phone call. Okay, thank you, and thank you. I will be listening. Wonderful. Bye-bye. Good night. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. What is the best jersey of all time? Now, um, I have a sneaking suspicion where Sunshine Sparkle Pants is going to take this conversation, uh, so we will get his uh, in just a second. But the NHL's reverse retros, jerseys are here all 31 teams unveiled jerseys inspired by somewhere in their team's history and some teams found more success than others because some were just dreadful um but teams received generally favorable reviews from hockey fans and jersey fans all over and some got teased in a uh, in a big 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 way so uh sportslogos.net came across the detroit red wings jersey Let's start here and let them explain why it's considered to be the worst of the, <laughs> of the worst retro, reverse retro jerseys. Next up, we have the Detroit Red Wings, who are throwing things back to 1998 to celebrate their second of two consecutive Stanley Cup titles. The 1998 uniform is exactly the same as what the team wears now, so they threw in a little bit of silver from the Centennial Classic in 2017 to spice things up. And, well, it looks like a practice jersey, I'm sorry to say. A little disappointed with what the Red Wings did here. It's an all-white jersey with a single silver stripe on each arm and around the waist. They could have done something else. They could have paid tribute to the uh, 
75th anniversary throwback uniforms they wore in 91-92. They could have used the style of their road white jersey, which has at least a little more interesting design on the arms. It's just blank white everywhere except for the arms and the waist. Now, you have to understand, these jerseys have sold out, like everywhere. Before they were even available, like on a pre-order, they were sold out. It's really cool stuff. The Detroit Red Wings jersey, the best tweet I saw about it said, that moment when you're about to walk into the meeting and realize you didn't get the project done, so you throw it together while you're listening. That's really what it it looked like. Oh, yeah. It's... uh boring right it's just why they have the best logo in sports to work with and they did that what were they thinking they did and one of the original logos and it is just it literally looks like a white practice jersey with some sprinkles of silver now okay um other teams got much more exciting for example the calgary flames and i don't say this because i live here um i do say it because it truly is one of the best that came out and one of the best received they've revived the blasty horse which is the uh fire breathing horse logo on the front of the crest what's up everyone this is peter klein from sportsnet 960 the fan in calgary was given this just before our show started today so it's been taunting me all day uh, an early christmas present let's uh, open it up and see what's inside slides off easily i tweeted out a emoji of a horse head and fire so if this is a duck's jersey i'm gonna look stupid up there it is. Oh, S. So slick. Let's see. On the paper, but there it is. Blasty. Live in living color, right there. God, that looks good. You know what they say? Never meet your heroes. But like. This is even better than I would have expected. Absolutely get your hands on one of these. Probably definitely for yourself, but also for loved ones for the holidays. This is way too cool, even for words. Awesome, awesome stuff from the National Hockey League. Uh, and a salute to uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan guys in Calgary, for giving us that clip. It's uh, They're a great bunch of great guys. They do a great job. They're supporting the Flames. Um, so uh, Ryan is a fan, and I will I will reveal this. Ryan is wearing his limited edition Blasty the Horse jersey. Yeah, uh, this means a lot to you, though, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, I was sh- I was saying to you earlier that when I was a kid, I was born in '96. My first exposure to hockey was my grandma on Christmas Eve giving me a present. I opened it up, and it was a knockoff, but it was still a Calgary Flames jersey that had Blasty the horse on it. And for me, as a kid, I didn't associate the Calgary Flames with the Flaming Sea. I associated them with this ridiculous horse logo and i understand people who look at this jersey and say it's hideous it's ridiculous it's cartoonish why is it a fire breathing horse you know i I understand that but for me i look at this and i just think back to when the flames were consistently good and then they were consistently bad for a long time it's a weird (laughs) i have a lot of mixed emotions about this jersey but the the first emotion that comes to my heart when i look at this horse head is love. I truly love this thing. And the new, the remake with the white C, the new Adidas uh, materials, the stitching, uh, it's, this is the nicest jersey I have. And I have a lot, I have a lot of hockey jerseys. Uh, Oilers, the dark navy blue and orange one they've come out with the last couple of years. Um, Hands down, that's one of my favorite Oilers, unless you go back to classic Mm. Oilers, of course. Um, 
the Canadians jersey is also on that list, like this in the seventies there. Um, like the original stuff is is always really is always the best, I would say. Um, when you look at at some of these jerseys. Are there any other ones, Ryan, that stick out for you that that really are the because I mean the black and orange Vancouver? Oh, the skate. Yeah. Tiger the Williams skate is, throwback, right? Yeah. For me, so I love this jersey. However, my favorite jersey in sports history, and I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this because I'm a Flames fan. My favorite jersey in history in any sport is the original inaugural season Anaheim Ducks, sorry, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim jersey. That purple teal with the slanted stripes, the logo, everything on that jersey is fantastic. And Solani's my favorite NHL player of all time. So it's uh that's that's the one. And the Ducks did the ridiculous breaking through ice jersey this year. It's it's beautiful for the reverse retro. You have to look it up. It's I mean it's hideous, but that's the it's thing. Hideous. It's so bad it's great. Um but part of me wishes they had just brought back that original jersey because it is just so clean yeah it, it, like it's it, the new one is like so dreadful it's amazing let's go to north burnaby say hi to jim hey jim yo hi there yo uh, uh well i guess i'm a little prejudiced on this one uh my favorite jersey would be my mother's old lacrosse jersey in which uh, they won the uh, 1934 uh, Grower Cup. Wow. That's the uh, BC Women's uh, Lacrosse Championship. And How cool this, is that? Uh, this thing, uh, I've got it in a frame. takes a little describing. It's basically yellow with two... Uh, Wide dark green bands on each arm, uh, dark green sleeves, and a dark green band around the bottom with a large dark green uh, circular picture in the middle of a cougar's head. That's very cool, Jim. Thank you. I love it. And you know, I think my favorite part of that is that you've put it in a frame on the wall. Yeah. Um, that's where all the jerseys belong. Thank you, Jim, for the phone call. I appreciate it. Okay, do All right. Bye-bye. Oh, that's cool, man. What a what a throwback. Talk about a throwback. I think that wins the throwback award of the night. Uh, Beautiful. Cool stuff. Hey, so, um, Ryan, tell me quickly about um, Hartford Whalers and the mm. uh, Colorado Nordiques jerseys here. Two... I love what they did here, both these teams. So let's start with the one that I think a lot of people consider is the best retro reverse retro jersey of the bunch is the Nordiques, or I should say the Colorado Avalanche. So what the Avalanche did was obviously the Nordiques moved from Quebec City to Colorado and then proceeded to win the Stanley Cup. So what the Avalanche did was they took their color scheme, so that uh, the burgundy and that uh, kind of lightish blue, and put that on a Quebec Nordiques jersey. So you have Bern, uh, Burgundy fleur-de-lis with the old-school Igloo logo. It's absolutely gorgeous. That color scheme works. And I think it's a nice way to respect where your roots come from. And mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, I don't think Nordiques fans got too mad at that, which, uh, you know, 
if I was an Ardiques fan back in the 80s and saw my team move and then later on get it respected in this way, I'd probably be yep. okay with it. Well, they the Whalers the as well, there. right? Yeah. Yep. And the Whalers, they did a similar thing. So Whalers, they moved to Carolina. Carolina, they brought back the Whalers jersey. They made their own spin on it. It's got gray, green, and blue. And it's kind of a reference to the jersey that Gordy Howe wore when he was still playing there when he was 50 years old. It's uh, it's so nice. Oilers throwback is way retro back to when they were, you know, winning cups all over the place. The New Jersey Devils reverse retro is the the Christmas colors, red and green, that old uh, throwback, which is cool. The Rangers is got, um, it's, it's sort of got the Statue of Liberty right in the center. That's really kind of cool. The Leafs is, I like it. It's simple. It's very simple. It's a little bit more gray, less white with a very non-3D Maple Leafs on the front. Vancouver's, I'm like, meh, it's like a fadeaway printed fadeaway looking Gradient. thing. Gradient. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I like, With all the amazing logos the Canucks have had, I don't know why they went uh, just a, a short flashback on the Orca. Um, but really cool, man. Really cool. So what's, Jason, you might as well say your football team just for the sake of being thorough. What is the best jersey in your mind ever? The Dallas Cowboys jersey is the best jersey in the world. No yeah. cap. Yeah. There it is. Uh, my personal vote would be the Flim Flon Bombers. Maroon all the way, baby. Mm. Best hockey jersey. Most iconic of all time. That's my vote. Matt, you got one? Because I have a sneaky suspicion. I know which one it is. Well, I'm biased because uh, Calgary Flames. You know, I'm, I'm a Calgary boy. Um, but no. I've always liked the look of the Boston Bruins. Very iconic. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do much in the retro reverse. They kind of basically said, well, this is what we're wearing already. <laughs> doesn't look a whole lot different. Although the Habs, uh, dark blue with the stripes, that's a Ooh, pretty amazing one too. I love that one. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, this could get expensive, this new habit. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Let's do it. Are you okay? Are you okay with real life super soldiers? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. So, so kind of like uh, like Jean Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren and Universal Soldier, like that kind of real life super uh, super soldier. I was thinking like Jason Bourne, kind of super soldier. How how super are we talking? Also, what side are they on? That's a big that's a big deal breaker right. for me. Very <laughs> yeah. very important distinction. Yeah, because if they're on the bad side, living on the Death Star, then clearly you know mm. we don't want them. This matters. You can contribute, by the way, 877-399-9898. Jason, uh, super super soldiers in real life, which could be you for how hard you work out. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I would be okay with it if I can be one um, because I'm, 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 I'm thinking that if you're a super soldier, you get a couple of inches of height. So if that adds um, height uh, to me, I would be so down to be a super soldier. I don't care what the side effects are. As long as I get taller. So <laughs> no, but not everybody knows how tall Jason is. So if you like, I mean, so if you could never, like, if you lost the ability to sleep, like for example, as a side effect. Ooh. <laughs> if you were a super soldier, what would your superpower be? That's cool. Being able to be tall and to sleep at the same time. That would be my superpower as a super soldier. <laughs> Since it's here, let's create the picture for the audience. Jason, how tall are you? I'm five three. Not and a half, because most people that are day. not most people that are five two, five three. They're usually five two and a half or five three and a half. 
Let's just say 5-3. <laughs> Let's just say 5-3. <laughs> Ryan, how tall are you? 5-7 and a half. Oh, good. Uh, Lord Matt MacArthur, how tall are you? 5-8 uh, and 3 quarter inches. All right. I'm about 6 foot, 6 foot 1. Depends if I'm shrinking that day. There we go. We've addressed the question for everybody. Okay, real life super soldiers. Here's the, uh, here's the clip. I have eyes on Loki, 14th floor. I'm not Loki. And I don't want to hurt you. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. I know. Was that now Captain America? Well, I mean, kind of Captain America. That was the Captain America. But U.S. intelligence shows that China has already conducted human testing on members of the People's Liberation Army in hopes of developing soldiers with biologically enhanced capabilities. Like they're working on it. Uh, John Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence, including the explosive claim in a small in a long Wall Street Journal op-ed, which he made the case that China poses a preeminent national security threat to the U.S. His office in the CIA did not immediately respond to requests to elaborate on the notion that China sought to create super soldiers of the sort depicted in Captain America, uh, Jason Bourne or other ways. Don't, for, don't forget Universal Soldier. I think he Universal actually mentioned Soldier. Universal Soldier in that op-ed. <sighs> that's disturbing. That's really disturbing. Kind of like that's a lot of creatine and protein and other enes. They're probably what are they? Yeah, what are they getting? Roids. And what is it doing to them? Yeah. Anyway, be curious to see. Now, Jason, you want to be a super soldier still? Um, if I get height, I would still try it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least you're committed. I love it. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay with boxing right now? Um, at this moment, I'm currently okay with the uh, with the sport of boxing. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's like making a little comeback. It's it's nice to see people are talking about boxing again. It's weird though, right? Yeah. Like boxing has become like aggressively, you know. Uh, a, a feud match like it's almost people hype up the 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 beef on twitter before the fight itself and then the fight itself happens and it's underwhelming because it doesn't live up to the beef and then mm. it's like oh just wait till the next fight happens <laughs> you know it's i don't know it's weird i feel i do like that boxing's more prevalent though because i love watching boxing but yeah it, it's in a weird spot right now well i think that most people can't get in the ring with an mma fighter but they feel like two amateur boxers could box it out. And so it's kind of a thing that way. Now, all these YouTube people, you know, making money, cashing in. See, they're making money not off the boxing match. They're making money off, off their following on YouTube, which it's really, let's, let's call it like it is. Watching some of these YouTube fighters fight, it's kind of like the old Bum Fights movies. I mean, they were inappropriate, don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. But people oh, used yeah. to pay mm -hmm. the, the homeless people to, to have fights. Like, here's five bucks, fight each other. And, um, but that's kind of the same sort of... Uh, I mean, it's probably the fights in the street probably had more coordination and experience than the YouTubers trying to fight in a ring. Uh, call it for what leg like it is. Um, but it is creating some new excitement. Then there's a new contender stepping into the boxing ring. Snoop Dogg, along with Thriller co-owner Ryan Kavanaugh, are launching a brand new professional 
Boxing League. Long and short of it is that this was the first event of a, a league that we have called um, called the Fight Club. Wow! And uh, it's a fight, it's a league owned by by Proxima, which is the parent coded Triller, and um, and Snoop. Um, and we're uh, this was kind of the first of many many events. Snoop will be the announcer, kind of the official celebrity announcer and the face of it and spokesperson, but he's also a partner. So he'll be helping with setting up the fights and setting up the music acts and, you know, the whole shebang. And this was really the first of those events. I can tell you that the main fight, I can't say it yet, but it's going to be something that everybody wants to see. So if we thought that this one was big, I think that this will be uh, even larger from a worldwide appetite perspective and something that people want to see. Now, Snoop was, I mean, he's a businessman, like dynamite, but he was also a commentator on the Mike Tyson fight. And I think one of the coolest things about the Mike Tyson fight was Snoop's commentary of the Mike Tyson fight. And um, this is one of the uh, clips from the Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight and Snoop Dogg's commentary. Teaching him the early intricacies of boxing and Mike Tyson all over Roy Jones Jr. Snoop. This shit like two of my uncles fighting at the barbecue. <laughs> get, get your uncle out of there. Get him up. You can go meet me in the backyard. I'm tired of this shit. Come on. Oh, oh my God. I would pay to watch weekly nights of Snoop Dogg. Honestly, doing play-by-play for anything. I'd, anything. I'd, I'd pay for it. Yeah, Snoop I, is amazing. Snoop is the best. So if Snoop's new um, boxing, pro-boxing thing includes snoop's commentary i'm in uh, i'm in me too oh yeah uh, me too yeah all right this is are you okay are you okay i don't know how to say this one are you okay hmm. <sighs> okay are you okay with wearing oh just spit it out, dude. You I can can't. Do it. All right. Are you okay with wearing perfume? Um, I don't do it as a, oh, you know, on habit or anything. I'm more of a deodorant guy. Um, I, I know what you mean. A day-to-day deodorant. However, I, I admit I wear Obsession by Calvin Klein. I think it smells great on a nice day. You know, if I'm, you know, That's out good on the town, I'll throw that on. Yeah. Definitely an Arctic breeze kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, I don't um, think I own as any. as you would have, yeah, as as you would have guessed, I'm I'm a bit of a fragrance head um, here. Um, my my, <laughs> I I wear uh, Chanel, um, the like blue Ooh. de Chanel. I wear Allure by Chanel, and that's like sort of my signature fragrance. I love wearing fragrance. Um, n- not to say that I stink or anything, but I just love like putting that on. Um, and I've gotten compliments, so I mean. <laughs> Anytime you want to get compliments, like, is a good thing. So that's why I love fragrance. Putting oh, that Sunshine Sparkle Pants name to uh, good use, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be the name of your perfume if you ever release it, hey? Sunshine oh, Sparkle there you Pants. Go. Sunshine Sparkle Pants. It's a purple. It's a new fragrance. <laughs> it would be a dark bottle, but really glittery kind of inside, but subtle glitter, like manly subtle glitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. But the kind of glitter that comes off so it gets all over you so you get in trouble when you're with your girlfriend because she sees glitter on you and she's like, where were you last night? That kind of glitter. <laughs> uh, I would get in. I'm, I'd get in so much trouble, man. <laughs> all right. Are you okay with perfume? Well, an Australian woman 
was attacked by a kangaroo this week, which seems uh, normal, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. That makes sense to the perfume story. Tracy Noonan says she usually sees the roos around all the time. And on Saturday, a lone roo spotted her and just kept edging closer and closer. And the kangaroo attacked her. She was able to break free, but uh, it kept following her. It was eventually scared off. The park ranger who helped her says the perfume may have been the reason why the animal attacked. According to the woman, she was wearing a perfume by Sarah Jessica Parker. And here's what Sarah Jessica Parker uh, describing what her perfume smells like. I wanted it to be in people's lives for a long time, mm. the way my mother had her fragrance. And what I wanted was something that felt classic and, yes, feminine, but that suited a lot of people. I always said it was an extremely polite perfume, but it was also very hospitable. Like, you could help tell it what it should be. Like, you could project onto lovely. Some fragrances are really have such, uh, such a strong personality. You know, you are only, you have to fit into their life. Yeah, right. But lovely had the ability and still does to to be a lot of things to a lot of people and to send a kangaroo into an ass kicking frenzy <laughs> do you think right? the kangaroo thought that the woman was like her mom or something like the motherly yeah. fraternal scent that's what attracted like, it could be or Leslie, <laughs> if you hate your mom and you want to beat up your mom um <laughs> like so it's a it's apparently a polite perfume that either um really pisses off the ruse or gets them right randy or both or angry and randy <laughs> the worst clearly combo. a bit of both <laughs> so ryan tell it me didn't you see the the picture of the woman after she got beat up by the kangaroo yeah she she got hit hard the thing you know like obviously when a kangaroo attacks you it, it it'll it'll hurt and she when she was first attacked she fell to the ground and the kangaroo kept like pouncing on her back so she had a lot of bruises on her back and then she was able to throw rocks at it and then it ran away and she ran away and a bunch of people came to scare the kangaroo off. But it was so like, you know, hunter eyed on her because of that perfume that it came back. Uh, she only suffered, you know, minor injuries. Thank, thank goodness. But uh, clearly there was something in that perfume. Yeah. And uh, I would just like to update the audience that Jason has put on his Chanel blue. Now my uh, blue de Chanel. By Chanel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chanel. Chanel. So, Jason, since you just did a French accent, why don't you tell everybody your middle name? Uh, it's, it's Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre, you have to It's so bad. Like my worst accent I've ever done, and my middle name's French. Oh, man. It's so embarrassing. Oh, merde. So embarrassing. So, oh, merde. Such a If. There is a loud ruckus in the background, just so you know. It uh, might not be a kangaroo, but maybe a raccoon or a large rat has broken into Jason's <laughs> house and, um, and is attacking him and his uh, super handsome perfume. All right, we, got to, we can do one more. Are you okay? Are you okay with lab-grown meat? Um, as long as nobody tells me that it was grown in a lab... I'd probably be, uh, I'd probably be down with that. I want to try it to the NO. I, yeah, I, I really want to try it because a lot of people say it's the future of helping to stop climate change because you know you don't have to slaughter animals; you can just make it. You know, Beyond Meat's not that yeah. bad. Maybe, well, maybe it's not that farting bad. cows are are a big contributor. Yeah, 
I don't know. Beyond Meat is not, I mean, it's not meat at all. Like, it doesn't even, there's more chemicals in Beyond Meat than there is in meat. So, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Jason, what would you do? I'm a I'm a full on car, uh, carnivore. Like I love my meat, um, but I have um, oh that's Ryan. Uh, um, I have but I've had um, Beyond Meat, and I don't mind Beyond Meat. Um, it's okay, uh, but uh, meat. I'm full carnivore. I love the steaks, the chickens. Um, so I don't know. I I couldn't switch to it full time. I guess it would answer the question finally though. Like, is this meat as opposed to what is this meat? Kind of like fillet of fish. You don't really know. All right, lab-grown chicken will soon be on the uh, menu in Singapore. The world's first city-state has approved the sale of lab-grown chicken, breaded chicken bites. Um, yeah. According to Eat Just's co-founder, CEO Josh Tetrick, the cultured version tastes the same as... Big shocker here. Tastes just like chicken. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> just like everything just else. Just like that's... everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good Meat is launching with nuggets, but Eat Just says it has developed other cultured chicken products as well. I don't think you should be able to call it chicken. No. No. That's fair. Is there the word that you could come up with to describe something that's made in a lab, though? It's Faux not chicken. chicken. Or, yeah, I, I simply can't believe this is not chicken. <laughs> like beyond KFC? Oh, how... Yeah. Yeah, because all the veggie beyond stuff gets Popeyes. beyond in the stuff. So now we need a yeah. lab one. Lab, oh. Yeah, lab bird nugs. Lab Culture birds, chicken. Lab bird strips. Petri, petri fowl? Petri. <laughs> Faux fowl. <laughs> Faux fowl. Faux fowl, yeah. Faux fowl. Faux fowl nugs. There we go. We've now got our million-dollar idea. If we're not here next week, you'll know why. We'll be busy growing um, our very own faux fowl in Petri dishes and selling them in the form of nuggets in a food truck within a couple of weeks here. Now you know. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. It's the Shift with Shane Hewitt. I'm not Shane Hewitt. I'm producer Jason Manaus. And for the past three months, I've been the voice of In Case You missed it you've heard a lot of bts you've heard some things from tiktok and you've heard some things from the world of sports but now it is time for sunshine sparkle pants to pass the baton torch or whatever you call it to the new producer of the shift mr ryan o'donnell let's get into in case you missed it in case you missed it on the radio here's ryan o'donnell but jason manawas is still here I'm going to remember this day from the rest of my life. That was beautiful. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. Well done. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Matt. Beautiful. All right. Do I just go into it? Are we ready to do it? Let's do it. You you have the puck. Go down the ice. All right, shift heads. For my first ever, in case you missed it, I thought I would find some news stories that would help show and teach you a little bit about myself. So I've found some news stories that kind of cater to my hobbies and my loves, which are, I'm sure you guys will begin to make fun of me for, which is welcome. Let's start with my biggest and unfortunately most expensive hobby, sneakers. I'm a sneaker addict. I have like 38 pairs of shoes, Jordans, Nikes, Yeezys, uh, everything. I love shoes. I love putting outfits together. Me and Jason have that in common. So 
I'm passionate about that. However, there are some shoes I can never obtain. And this pair is a prime example because they were worn by a very important man during a very important NBA game. Let's hear a clip from that game. Final seconds. The Chicago Bulls come away with a resounding victory. In command virtually all the way. And they defeat the Los Angeles Lakers by the score of 97-82. Led by Michael Jordan, who scored 28. 28 points for Michael Jordan in that game. Well, the sneakers he was wearing in that game, a nice pair of infrared Jordan 6s, they are up for auction at Sotheby's. All right, guys, take a guess as how much you think a pair of game-worn, twice-signed Michael Jordan shoes are going to go for at this auction. Take a guess. 100 grand. Okay. Uh, 50 grand for me. 50? Five zero? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with 51 grand. Oh, raising oh, the bar on the prices, Raising right? the bar. You're not raising it enough. $750,000 is the expected asking price of these shoes. Wow. Do I win the shoes now? Wow. Yep. I mean, you nice. can go for it. I mean, after The Last Dance came out, the documentary on the Bulls and everything, the price on Jordans just absolutely skyrocketed, especially sneakers from his very first uh, ring playoff run. No, no surprise there that they are skyrocketing to that level. Wow. All right. Now, wow, indeed. Next up in my list of tastes and hobbies that are unfortunately expensive, Lego. It is iconic and it is such an important part of my childhood when i was lonely i built those bricks and in my adulthood i now just use it as a great stress relief i'm sure a lot of people do it just like i do um, and some models are bigger than others this model though is fit for an emperor a roman emperor to be exact lego has released a model of the roman Colosseum, and it just so happens to be the biggest lego set in history the model, which LEGO released on Black Friday, consists of 9,036 pieces. When Ooh. it's completed, it's 10 and a half inches high, 20 and a half inches wide, and 23 and a half inches deep. The set's designer says building something that big was a bit of a challenge. First of all, it, it has to stand when you lift it up. So the way it's designed is that it has a very strong base but the superstructure is only connected on a few points, so it's a bit like modern bridge building. When you pick it up by the base, it allows the rest of the model to flex on top of it, which means that it doesn't exude the forces so that it would crack. There are no new elements in the build to actually show the versatility of the LEGO system. The columns themselves are built with a minifigure candle piece turned upside down. So they took pieces that you would get you know, just from buying little Lego characters and said, hey, let's build the Roman Colosseum out of them for the it's tops the of the pillars. Color. Right? Even the the little, you know, the tops of the pillars. I don't know what to call them. You know, the ones that are like rolled at the top, you know, yeah. like fancy. Yeah. They used the rollerblade piece for Lego people, like what they put on their feet. That's really? what they used. So the set is absolutely enormous. Any guess as to how much that thing retails for? Uh, $750,000. Oh. <laughs> $51,000. <laughs> Jason? 
I'm going to say um, $52,000. All right, well, you guys you guys were on the low end on the last one, and uh, you're on the high end on this one. It's a nice, tasty 600 Canadian. It's all sold wow. out, though. However, I did it's think Lego. about it. I did. It is Lego. It is Lego. Like, I don't so even, when you, okay, as a Lego fan, do you build this and then do you leave it set up? Is it like a puzzle where you like glue it to cardboard and hang it on the wall for three months and then it ends up in the basement? Well, yeah, right. Because it's it's a it's a display piece. That's what Lego is really shifting into in for adults. Really, are display pieces. I have a couple of massive sets that are two, three thousand pieces, and they have like collectors' plaques. The detail in them is absolutely insane, and this market's really working out for them. You should look up their architecture series. You know, Eiffel Tower. Burj Khalifa, or not Burj Khalifa, the Taj Mahal. It's it's wow. wild. So okay, yes. I don't know. Next could up, be, uh, I'm I'm going to be a fan of your fandom. How about that? Yeah. All right. I'll t- I'll just send you pictures of what I built. I got a pirate island. You might like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We got time so, for one more here. Let's uh, yeah. let's roll on with the in case you missed it. Yes. This isn't really a hobby, but I thought it was pretty great. So SpaceX, Elon Musk. The man, the myth, the legend. He's been making some pretty big waves in space travel. And uh, recently he said that humans can probably reach Mars within the next decade. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so good luck. we've got about, you know, he said yeah. hopefully within six, uh, six years, maybe four, maybe two. However, in the meantime, we're not going to focus on Mars because Elon Musk is going to be running a remote controlled car race on the moon. Elon Musk. That's what I'm, I'm talking serious. about. Now yeah, you're talking Elon my Musk language. Is going to be launching vehicles in October 2021 on board a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. He's using the designer Frank Stevenson, who is known for his work for your car nuts at BMW, Ferrari, Maserati, McLaren. And they're going to be designing the cars, but they're going to be partially designed by high school students. And uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Mars can wait. I want to. I want to see a derby on the moon in zero gravity. Remote control car races on the moon. That's whole new level. Although you did say car nuts, I think they call them truck nuts. Well, that's a well, that's a different thing, isn't it? Oh, is that different? Oh, sorry. I think so. Uh, oh, I see what you mean there. Yeah, he got me on that one. Regardless, Elon Musk out of his mind again. But I'm absolutely all for it. Um, yeah, we should t- we should take that race live. I would love to do that. Let's do it. I want to get in on it. All right. Yeah. Great job, Ryan O'Donnell, in case you missed it, with the um, the baton passed from Sparkle Pants himself. Okay. So we have um, we have a couple of things here first. I'm going to go to Doug in Vancouver and say hi to Doug. Uh, hey, Doug, Jay. I need you to be quick here because Jason's got some things that he wants to say. Jason, how you doing? Mr. Sparkle, I'm good, man. You're there. I'm I'm good. good. I'm good. Thanks, Doug. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, You have been so gracious and and accepting of all that's been thrown at you. You arrived at us with such a bright personality. It was kind of disgusting, honestly. But (laughs) Sheen immediately worked out the shift heads accept you as sunshine seemed to work well when we added it to your love of all the things shiny like your car your favorite sandwich and bands and everything that left us with sometimes sparkle pants and i just want to first say that i think that should go straight to the rafters and say thank you 
Wow. Um, you're going to make me cry, Doug. Um, oh, I don't want to no, cry no, in this uh, last no more, live show. Uh, but... A couple of notes for Sabrina as well. Uh, don't change a damn thing, lady. You're on the totally right track to help him grow a pair for sure. I haven't yet. I haven't yet. The tiny armed one. Oh, the tiny arms was funny. Uh, Doug, thank you very much for your call. Appreciate it, buddy. Happy to make a contribution. All right. There's Doug. Jason Manalis, floor is yours. Man, um, Doug, uh, that uh, that choked me up uh, a bit. Um, just to sh- that's just goes to show the impact um, that you can uh, that can happen on a live uh, talk show radio. Um, so, uh, to all the listeners, uh, it, thank you, thank you. It's been a wild and fun three months. Um, the funnest three months I've done in my short career uh, so far. Uh, to Shane, who I now uh, consider not just a mentor. Um, but uh, older brother and friend, uh, thanks for taking me on and giving me the platform to share my millennial things and love for things that sometimes, uh, let's say, uh, that you don't uh, um, all the way agree with. Um, Maddie, uh, you've been the MVP of this show and my biggest support as I've done this. And I appreciate the love. You know, I love you, man. And all the fun things that we've done in this program, especially uh, when I did the Lincoln Park renditions. Yeah. Um, who can forget that? <laughs> Uh, Ryan, um, you've been fantastic to work with, my man. Uh, you've, uh, I can tell that you have the love and the passion uh, for this industry, um, and it shows, man. And if I can give you any advice, it would be just to be yourself, let it hang, and your passion will pass on to the listeners. Uh, so I passed the producer baton that I said earlier to my uh, from that was passed to me by Potato Chip Gilbert uh, to you and whatever nickname the listeners co- come up uh, with for Ryan O'Donnell. Um, to the listeners, uh, um, everyone that's listened to this show since I've uh, produced it, uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, um, everything uh, that you guys have said. Uh, you've made doing this uh, the past three months one of the best parts of my career so far. I've uh, learned on the show that I've been gambling. I've uh, learned to say, <laughs> Took. I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that. Um, and I learned. <laughs> and I learned that this show... This talk show has the best listeners on any talk show in Canada, and I really mean that. Uh, I thank you for listening to the pop pops of my Veloster, uh, my love for BTS, and for listening to and for listening to me um, when I short uh, when I shared my story on mental health. Uh, that was really awesome. And thanks to listening to my wonderful girlfriend uh, Sabrina, who's known as also the boss on the show. Uh, who has been on the show multiple times, not just to support me, uh, but to tease me and roast me on multiple occasions. Um, your texts and your calls on anything I did uh, made by night and always put a smile on my face. So thank you. Now, I would say bye uh, if I was actually leaving, uh, but I'm still contributing to this show. I still will be doing uh, cutting up some of the audio pieces and helping Ryan out as he continues to do um, uh, take over. Um, so it'll be a see you later from sunshine sparkle pants cheers to everyone um you are listening to the best radio talk show in canada so thank you so much yeah you're gonna make me cry man amazing yeah no kidding thanks for listening to the podcast tune into the show online or on the radio